1: 11 o'clock Central African Time. This is African Dialogue. Uh, Good morning to you and welcome to yet another interactive installment of it. You tuned into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Asanda Matzaunyane and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Now, today on the program, we're looking at another visit on Friday undertaken by West African leaders to the Gambia to persuade Yahya Jame to relinquish power for the sake of peace in that country. We will unpack that uh, and be joined by our guests uh, to help do that. But before all of that, let's get our news update. Here's Onele
3: Thank you, Asanda. Now we take a look at your headlines. Governor of Nigeria's embattled northeastern border State, uh, Kashim Shatima, asks aid agencies to leave the country. Kenyan police arrest two suspected members of the Somali Islamist group Al-Shabaab, suspected of planning attacks on churches and other sites in Nairobi. And Zimbabwean First Lady Grace Mugabe denies grabbing five properties belonging to a Lebanese tycoon. With your latest news, a very good morning. I'm Oni Lensensi. The governor of Nigeria's embattled northeastern Borno state, Kashim Shatima, has asked aid agencies to leave the country. He accuses the agencies, including UNICEF, of profiting from funds meant to help refugees from Boko Haram. This afternoon, Nigerian President Mohamedou Buhari alleged that the United Nations and private agencies are exaggerating a massive humanitarian crisis in the country in order to boost funding. Shatima says only 8 of 126 registered agencies are actually providing humanitarian services and the rest are in the country to enrich themselves. Kenyan police have arrested two suspect me- suspected members of the Somali Islamist group Al-Shabaab, suspected of planning attacks from churches and other sites in Nairobi. Hundreds of Kenyans have been killed in attacks claimed by Al-Shabaab, including 2013 assaults on a Nairobi shopping mall and a 2015 raid on a university in the northeast. The group, he says, it is waging a war to drive Kenyan troops out of Somalia where they are fighting the militants as part of an African force. A mediation mission by West African regional bloc, ECHOAS to Gambia, has been delayed from Wednesday until Friday. Gambia is locked in a political crisis after President Nia refused to accept his defeat in the December 1st election by opposition candidate Adama Barrow. The standoff prompted an ECOWAS delegation led by Liberian President Ellen johnson sirleaf to intervene to try to ensure a peaceful transition of power in the tiny West African country. Today is the third day of hearing of appeal by Chad's former uh, president, Hissen Habre, against his life sentence for war crimes and crimes against humanity at a special court in Senegal. Habre was sentenced to life imprisonment in May for ordering killings and torture during his eight-year rule as president in Chad. Habre's defense lawyer has asked for a new trial, arguing that the composition of the jury and other irregularities violated Habre's rights. And lastly, Zimbabwean First Lady Grace Mugabe denies graving five properties belonging to a Lebanese tycoon whom she accuses of dumping her in a botched $1.35 million diamond ring deal. A Harare High Court Judge Clement Peary on December 21 issued a provisional order compelling President Robert Mugabe's wife to vacate within 24 hours from the three properties that she had allegedly seized following the deal that allegedly went Another order to the same effect was issued last week after she allegedly grabbed two more houses belonged to another businessman. Now, recapping on your top stories, Governor of Nigeria's embattled northeastern Borno State, Kashim Shatima, asks aid agencies to leave the country. Kenyan police arrest two suspected members of the Somali Islamist group, Al-Shabaab, suspected of planning attacks on churches and other sites in Nairobi. And Zimbabwean First Lady Grace Mugabe denies grabbing properties belonging to a Lebanese tycoon. 4 Channel African News, I'm Sensei.
0: Change your game. Be the voice of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs, educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays, 1000 hours to 1045 a.m. Central African Time. And on Saturdays, 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African Time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. When you okay. want to him.
1: Thank you to Onele for that news update. Well, this is African Dialogue. If you've just tuned us, just gone seven minutes past 11, that's Central African time. And uh, this is Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Asanda Matzaunyane. Today we're talking about uh, the another visit on Friday that was undertaken or to be undertaken by West African leaders to the Gambia to persuade Yaya Jame to relinquish power for the sake of peace in that country. Now, remember, African dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central t- Central African time. You can also interact with us. Find us on Twitter at Channel Africa is our handle. You can also find us on Facebook or simply email info at channelafrica.org The presidents of Nigeria, Sierra Leone and Liberia were scheduled to visit Gambian President Yaya Jame today in a second attempt to press him to hand over power but that has been postponed to Friday Jame in power since a 1994 coup lost a December 1st 2016 election to businessman Adama Barrow but the authoritarian leader has contested the results in a move condemned at home and abroad. An ECOWAS delegation led by Liberian President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf visited Gambia in December but failed to persuade Jammeh to step down. The West African bloc has since said it would take all necessary steps to uphold the result of the election and had put troops on standby. So to help us understand what's going on in the Gambia, we joined on uh, the, well, let me start with our studio guests, uh, Brian T. Newbert, who's director of the United States Department of Regional Media Hub here in Johannesburg. Uh, Good morning to you, Brian. Good
4: morning, Asanda. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, it's our pleasure. Thanks for making time to, to be here on Channel Africa. On the line, we're joined by Peter Nkanga, who is committee to protect, uh, gen- or from the Committee to Protect Journalists uh, from West Africa. Good morning to you, Peter. we also joined by Jegan Gray-Johnson, who is Communications and Advocacy Officer with the Africa Governance Monitoring and Advocacy Project, which is supported by the Africa Foundations of the Open Society Foundations. Uh, morning, Jagan.
5: Good morning, Asanda.
1: All right, we've got everybody hearing us nice and clear. So let me start with you then, Jagan. Uh, why the postponement from which was supposed to be the visit from today, having moved to, to Friday?
6: Well, um, I think uh,
5: that will be quite difficult to know um, because uh, that postponement um, from what we are hearing was a request from uh, outgoing President Janet, um, for the head of state of Nigeria, um, Mr. Buhari, um, head of state of Liberia, who happens to be the chairperson also of um, ECOWAS, um, Madam Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, and um, a third co-opted member, um, former president of Ghana, Mr. Mahama. Um, The reason really um, hasn't been clear, but that's a request that's coming in from the IA and uh, I think it has to be respected because, you know, Mm there's an issue of sovereignty and other things like that. So it's it's unclear as to why he's asked for this. Um, But one can also um, quite look at the deductive reasoning around the fact that there were certain things that were supposed to have happened before Ekhawas actually came to to the Gambia. Um, In in Janna's mind, I think he would have benefited, um, thought he would have benefited from a sitting uh, um, Supreme Court to actually start now taking his appeal forward. Um, That didn't happen. Um, So as a result, I think um, some people would also say that he's trying to buy time um, in a very, very limited um, space and and, and a short period in order to try and um, ensure that he remains well beyond 19 of this month.
1: In that trying to, to buy time, Brian, let me bring you in here. Do you think that maybe part of the reason that the Gambia is in this mess that it's in is because the opposition did threaten uh, Jame that you know, they would uh, make sure that he's tried for human rights violations and taken to The Hague before they were even the winners, declared winners of this election?
4: Well, it's difficult to speculate as to outgoing President Jameh's uh, motivations Mm. What is clear is that the result of the December first election was unambiguous. The will of the Gambian people is clear. Civil society, uh, ambassadors in the government, ministers have made clear that President uh, Jammeh should accept the the results of the people. There were celebrations in in Banjul and, and across Gambia. We saw following the announcement of the results and, and President-elect Borrows. Mm. Victory, and and you really you can't undo a, a celebration from what initially happened. The the people expect their will to be respected.
1: Mm. Uh, let's bring you in, Peter, and uh, as as you know, from the committee to protect uh, journalists from uh, West Africa, and maybe just to jump then to to you know allegations of journalists being detained. Um, and you know, uh, you, you know, some of them even being, or you know, radio stations being closed, and uh, there's also arrests of those who are selling t-shirts that are supporting uh, Barroso Face, and we know that there's also a hashtag movement, and we'll get to that. What's your your uh, your your view on that? Is it the media, you know? Because we know sometimes media can kind of, you know, make things more or, or sensationalize than they actually are. Is this actually what's happening on the, on the ground? How are you able to, to resume your duties if you can?
6: Well, the truth about it is that um, the Gambia is going through a phase that is unprecedented. And um, one aspect of the pillars of democracy is the free press. Uh, which guarantees that the citizenry have access to information, information that is necessary, like a lifeblood, for them to make informed decisions about their commonwealth. And um, all too often we see it everywhere in West Africa, African across the world, that whenever there is a regime that wants to um, censor the public's right to be informed, it's the first and foremost target. And that is what we have seen over the 22 years of of the rule of um, President Janney and more so ever since the, the elections were decided and, he, the, and the new president uh, was elected, uh, elected president-elect Yes, right now we are seeing a clampdown on the press. Um, just a couple of weeks now we've had about four new um, radio stations shut down, Serenga FM, Hilltop FM, Apple Radio, and the latest is Paradise FM. Paradise FM, okay, when they now got the order to shut down, they actually wrote a letter to the Ministry of Communications requesting for more information on why are you shutting us down. And only the response they got was for the government to now use their license. And so what we are saying is that the president or the regime, current regime, is trying to use every means available to stifle freedom of information to ensure that there is censorship, all simply aimed at, I want to say, maybe perpetuating whatever plans they have to remain in power. And, and that is what is happening. But we have to also put to into context that this is something that we are used to, that the whole world is used to. Jan- President Jamai has been known for for, for for changing the Constitution, for, for ensuring that are new laws simply to ensure that that lifeblood that the citizens really need, to ensure that they are informed, that that lifeblood is cut off for the most stifled, And it's unfortunate, but uh, one thing I've also realized in the whole of this whole tragedy is that um, the Gambian press, especially those in the exile, are taking the vanguard to be at the forefront to ensure that even whatever is happening in the Gambia is being successful, the rest of the world is aware of it. And huh. I think that's a commendable activity, and, uh, and we all have a responsibility as, 90, as Africans to, to ensure that we show the support to the Gambians in this time of need.
1: And uh, talking or just feeding off of what Peter's saying, uh, Brian, that we all have a responsibility. I know the focus has been on the West African bloc. I mean, even when we saw, when we say uh, you know the intervention that needs to happen, um, the reports are that you know it's it's going to put troops on standby and all necessary steps will be taken. But is this really just West Africa's uh, problem, or is it everyone's problem on the continent? I,
4: I think you're right, Asanda. This is everyone's problem. The United States certainly supports the efforts of the ECOWAS leaders. Uh, to endorse and support what our, our colleague just said uh, in terms of restricting the, the press freedom, closing down radio stations. Hmm. Uh, it adds to the uncertainty uh, in, a, in a country when people don't have access to that information. And the uncertainty about uh, information about, about the next steps can lead to civil unrest. And the United States hmm. certainly joins with uh, our friends and partners in the region to try to prevent any kind of violence, any kind of unrest uh, in Gambia, and uh, certainly the United States would like to see President Jame meet with his ECOWAS counterparts as soon as possible. It looks like Friday,
7: mm. and
4: we, the United States strongly encourages him to, to listen to them because quite a lot is at stake, and the world is paying attention.
1: It's uh, 16 minutes past 11 Central African time. This is African Dialogue here on Channel Africa. My name is Asanda Mazzownyane talking today about the steps being undertaken by the West African leaders to the Gambia to persuade Yaya Jame to relinquish power for the sake of peace in that country. We'll be back after this.
8: Africa. Hello. From the first Wednesday of this month, Agro Africa will be coming to you at 9:20 a.m. Central African Time, and on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central African Time. Tune in to Agro Africa and listen to stories about agriculture and its development in the African continent. We are on shortwave, internet live streaming, and DSTV audio bouquet channel 802. Agro Africa, bringing agriculture to the comfort of your home. Agro-Africa.
1: Uh, we're back to it here on African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Asanda Madzaunyane, talking about the steps undertaken by West African leaders to the Gambia to persuade Yahya Jame to relinquish power for the sake of peace in that country. We're speaking to Brian Newbert, Director of the United States Department of Regional Media Hub here in Johannesburg, as well as uh, Peter nkanga uh, who's from the Committee to Protect Journalists. From West Africa and uh, Jagan uh, Gray Johnson, who's communications and advocacy officer with the Africa Governance Monitoring and Advocacy Project. Uh, let's continue then our conversation with you, uh, Jagan. Now coming after the break, don't then the opposition have some kind of blame to carry for opening their mouths, so to speak, uh, about you know uh, you know Yaya Jame being uh, you know tried for human rights violations? Can we say that they they kind of you know? overstepped their boundary there by by saying something?
5: Absolutely not. Um absolutely not. I think um, you know, again the freedom of speech is guaranteed, um, in the constitution. Secondly also, uh one of the primary reasons as to why I was rich that was for the very fact that um, he was a major abuser of rights, um, of his own citizens in that country. Um, all sorts of rights, um, some of them have been alluded to by um, um certainly the, the the colleagues that are on this call and this interview. Um, so I don't think um, it would be fair to say that um, this was the precursor or the catalyst that led to Jammer changing his mind. Um, my, 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 my thinking and my understanding, um, and having um, known Jammer for many, many years, not necessarily personally, but I've followed um, some of his policy pronouncements or lack thereof, um, this gentleman had absolutely no intentions whatsoever of stepping down. and It was very clear, um, even though he gave out a shock. Um, con- um conciliatory message and conceded um, on the 2nd of December, which actually shocked the whole world. Um, it only took a week for him to change his mind. And since then, he's been doing absolutely everything that he possibly can um, to solidify his position, entrenched himself in power, and assert the will of the people, and in the process, the Gambian Constitution, as well as flouting all the regional treaties and the treaty obligations that he has um, under the African Union. So, For me, um, to state that uh, it was, um, you know, triggered by a statement that was made by the political opposition, in this case, President Barack Obama's team, about the fact that justice um, would prevail and the fact that impunity will not be tolerated should not be seen as um, the right for Yair Adama to say that uh, he will not handle the power. So I don't agree with that particular analysis.
1: When the, the West African bloc says all necessary steps, or ECOWAS says all necessary steps will be taken, what kind of steps can these actually be? What, what, what do they have to persuade President Yahad, Yahya Jame to step down?
6: Well, you know, under the, uh, under, uh, under the
5: regional protocols and the treaty obligations, there, there are several. Um, sanctions could be imposed. Targeted sanctions is one of them. Um, the last resort, and also, obviously, an expulsion um, of, of Gandia um, from Ekoas is another, um, or even suspension. Um, these are, you know, various um, 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 uh, mechanisms that they have uh, within their toolbox um, to try and bring Jammer to heat. But given the time, the timeliness of, the, of this particular situation to actually bring it to a close, um, we're looking at seven days from now, um, so obviously... Uh, You know, suspension is not something that would um, serve the purpose, certainly of the Gambian people, and certainly of President-elect Barrow. Um, The the last resort, um, which is something that um, they have actually um, stated that um, it's not off the table, is military intervention. And uh, there are, you know, strong indications that they may follow through on this, because the situation is untenable as it stands now. Jarek cannot continue to be president beyond the 19th of January. Um, It is unconstitutional for him to do so. He can't also assert the will of the people um, and entrench himself and uh, basically defy the election results, because that would also go against the constitution and the ECLAC protocol, as well as the democracy charter um, on elections and governments. Um, he would have breached Article 23 of that charter, certainly. And then the chances are that again, at the continental level, um, there's absolutely nothing stopping um, the Peace and Security Council from triggering Article 25. Was actually you know looks for a whole host of um of uh, of punitive measures um aimed at uh Jame, and not only jamie but also those that are aiding at abetting and including his cabinet ministers particularly attorney general um and also um the security um, staff and uh, the security services that have been so active in uh, actually posturing towards uh giving him support to actually do the illegal acts that he's actually purporting to do. Um, I'd like to also add that um, there was a very strange development um, after the Supreme Court was not able to be impaneled and sit, and, and sit on, the, on the 10th and 11th. Um, this was several days ago. Yesterday, um, close to about midnight gambling time, um, which is very odd, Jamai decided to address the nation. And in that, um, it was a very um, strange pronouncement that he made. Um, it was a short speech talking about reconciliation. Um, talking about the fact that he was going to go ahead uh, and um, 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 empower um, the, uh, the, the, the Secretary General and the head of the Civil Service, uh, the Mediator General, to do three things, three, three fundamental things. Um, one was um, to ensure that um, the Civil Service is functioning um, properly because it hasn't been functioning um, in a very long time, especially with this crisis. Secondly, what he wanted to do was also to try and get him to work with his attorney general in the National Assembly to pass an amnesty bill, um, and then, thirdly, obviously, was also um, to basically uh, look at uh, that, uh, look at uh, mediation efforts and to bridge the gap so that communications can open between the battle camp and um, the incumbency itself. Now, that's a noble gesture, so to speak, in a way, but the reality is there is no way that anybody can attain these things. In seven days, it is procedurally impossible. It is illegal for this to happen, and then thirdly, practically, it's just, it just—it just cannot be done. So, at this point in time, he is crushing on on stores, and uh, it's a very precarious situation moving forward.
1: How do you read into that, Brian? Why did uh, the president, uh, Jameh you know, go ahead and have this nation uh, of you know, state of the nation address? Well,
4: I think as we uh, discussed this morning, well, because.
1: Uh, let me ask uh, uh, Brian. Sorry, Jagan. Thank you for your comments.
4: As we've said, he, okay. as we've okay. said, he seems to be trying to buy time. And the United States has has said already will continue to say he has to listen to ECOWAS, to the leaders who are coming to his counterparts. I expect them to deliver a very strong message, uh, a, a very unambiguous message uh, mm. to him when when they arrive on on Friday. And one, I don't think that he will be in a position to avoid. Mm. The the election results are, are clear. The will of the Gambian people is clear. And the situation is very dangerous. This is not going to be a, a business-as-usual uh, sort of continuation. And so, uh, again, the United States absolutely stands with with ECOWAS and with the Gambian people to make sure that their decision to elect President-elect Barrow uh, is respected on, on January 19th.
1: Can we read into the ECOWAS's direction as also trying to avoid a refugee crisis?
4: Absolutely. Whether it's uh, violence within the country or uh, any other result, uh, as you mentioned, uh, an outpouring of of people, uh, West Africa has made uh, Mm. great progress in in recent years trying to uh, cooperate and improve governance. And I think this is an excellent example where they can stand for the charters our colleague was talking about, the various charters, commitments, and obligations that uh, have, to be, have to mean something and, mm. and have to be enforced. And I think that's what ECOWAS leaders will try to do on, on Friday and I expect them to uh, get an audience. And, I, and the United States very much wants uh, President Jame to, to listen to them carefully.
1: Mm. It's 26 minutes past 11 Central African time here on African Dialogue talking about the West African leaders uh, undertaking steps to persuade or to try and persuade Gambian President Yahya Jame to relinquish power to the sake, for the sake of peace in that country to President-elect Adama Barrow. Uh, you mentioned Banjul, the capital and where the celebrations were happening uh, in Gambia and we also know that Banjul has, has since 1987 hosted the African Union Commission for human and people's rights. Uh, why is the AU then so quiet about what's happening in the Gambia, looking at the significance of Banjul in the African Union?
4: Well, I uh, don't presume to speak for the, for the African Union. Uh, so far, it has been in the region, ECOWAS, that has been outspoken. Mm. I think this is a unique case. Uh, the other guest mentioned that in the uh, immediate aftermath of the election, President Jame did concede briefly before changing his mind, so it is clear that even he acknowledges the will of the people and that the uh, December first election was an unambiguous result. I think that that is that is clear to everyone uh, who is involved uh, at the moment. It will be ECOWAS leaders who are who are in the lead, and we we certainly support uh, their efforts uh, were the African Union to also engage, I think that could also be uh productive and uh, is something perhaps that we should uh, we, we could ask them, discuss with them.
1: Hmm. Peter, uh, what is your view on the fact that Senegal as well, being in the border with, with Gambia, has been so quiet?
6: Well, um, one thing is that when we put into context what's happening in the Gambia, we also have to look at exactly what the ECOWAS region is now doing. Um, just because of time, I would just really like to make a point clear about the situation in the Gambia High is reflective of a greater picture. And the greater picture is that where we are, what we are seeing happening in Gambia has been coming a long time, whereby the ECOWAS block has been, I would say, very, very, very slow in trying to nip a problem at the board before it root becomes strong and to the point that we are now having a potential crisis in our hands. Why I say this is because over the years, the Gambia has been known to be recalcitrant in its ways of repressing the people's will, repressing freedom, repressing and abusing human rights. Over the years, and there have been so many, one too many cases brought before, even the ECOWAS Court of Justice, which is based in Abuja, and I can say that the ECOWAS Court of has given landmark judgments against the Gambia, but the Gambia has, in total in defiance, refused to comply to this, to, this, to this judgment, thereby ensuring that the Gambian regime has seen itself as beyond um, any form of accountability to the ECOWAS region, but worse to its own people. And so where we are now, is a state of us looking back at what has led to us being where we are now. Hmm. And yes, the eco is blocked now in terms of the heads of state. They are now seemingly trying to now see a way of resolving this problem. But at the first instance, we should also ask them that why don't they ever do things at the instant, initial time to have the, the challenge that we're facing now. Now, to answer you also, I will also say that the, 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 the situation in the Gambia can, can get worse. It can, it is not handled carefully, and also you asked a question about the Banjul, the African um, Commission being in Banjul. there have been several boycotts by civil society on those sessions that hold as the, in Banjul, and it's only recently that people are starting to understand that the precarious situation in the Gambia is going to be very, 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 very to the rest of the region if it is not handled carefully. Uh, and I would really, really, really appeal that as as The ECOWAS is showing its muscle now in trying to get a resolution to the problem. The African Union also has a very, very, very strong responsibility in ensuring that this doesn't escalate beyond what we are speaking about right at this point in time.
1: And let's talk about that Peter on that point if you can just hold it and let's take a break about what could happen then if things are not handled uh, carefully as you put it. It's half past 11 Central African time here on African Dialogue you tuned in to Channel Africa my name is Asanda Matsaunyane talking about the steps being undertaken by the West African leaders to the Gambia to persuade Yahya Jame to relinquish power. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Welcome back to African Dialogue. We're talking the steps undertaken by West African leaders to persuade Gambian uh, President Yahya Jame to relinquish power, to President-elect Adama Barrow, speaking to Brian Newbert, Director of the United States, States Department of Regional Media Hub, uh, Jagan Gray-Johnson, Communications and Advocacy Officer with the Africa Governance, and Peter Ganga, Member of the Committee to Protect Journalists from West Africa. Before the break, uh, Jagan, let me bring you in. We Spoke there with Peter about what's likely to happen if you know things are not handled carefully in the Gambia. Should Jame then refuse to hand power over? What's what can we expect to happen?
5: Well, the scenario. We, we pray that we don't cross that bridge. But um, as uh, one of my colleagues had um, rightly pointed out, that the situation is very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I'd just like to add before I answer that question quickly that that um, there is an exodus. Um, It's not a massive exodus, but there is an exodus of uh, civilians that are actually fleeing and leaving the country. It's been going on now for certainly the last 10 days. It's intensified over the last uh, 48 to 72 hours. Um, So clearly there is fear um, that there's military intervention likely to happen. Now, if the 19th comes um, and Jama doesn't handle the power, he automatically stops being a head of state and starts being a rebel. That's, that's, that's basically what it means. His classification changes from a head of state to a rebel, um, which means that not only is he occupying the, the, the seat illegally, he's actually posing a present and imminent danger um, to the peace and stability of the country. That's one. Secondly, he's posing a present and imminent danger to the immediate region. Gambia is inside Senegal. It's surrounded on all sides but the west which faces the Atlantic. On top of that, Senegal has just managed to um, pay, pepper over um, a, a very, very shaky piece here with uh, the MFTC which is a level grouping there in its southern territory in Chazimbas. Um We also know that if you go a little further south, down south, um, Didi-Bissau has had many problems, um, multiple military coups. Currently, as it stands now, they're having problems between the president and the prime minister. Um, So there's a lot of instability within that particular region as we speak. So the chances are that ECOWAS cannot, nor can the AU or even the international community, afford to let Jamis stay on and be a factor for destabilization. Although Gambia is a very small country, the domino effect and the repercussions could be quite great. That's the first thing. So there's an impetus now. It's not only about protecting democracy and consolidating um, good governance um, and amplifying the voices of the citizens and the will of the people to have a new president and give him a fresh mandate. It is now the issue on security, maintaining the security of that region and by extension, even the manner of the union.
1: Do we know these the, 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 the senior country members country who, who fled, the, uh, Jake, do we know the senior members who fled the country where they've gone to, have they received asylum elsewhere?
5: Um, well, what's happened is in the last um, 48 hours, certainly we know that the Minister of Communications has fled, he's um, staying in Dhaka. Um, we also know that he has fired um, 12, 12 um, um, top-level diplomats in the various capitals, I'm not sure what their fate is. The chances are that they're probably just staying put, knowing that um, they only have a week to go, and then obviously um, um, things should be sorted out. But as I said, um, the reality is that um, from his government, people are, are beginning to leave are beginning to flee. And um, the majority of the civilians that are leaving are actually finding refuge in Bakar, Senegal. Now just to conclude, my second point yeah, second about point. The fact, let's assume that ECOAS doesn't. But, yeah, let's assume that ECOWAS doesn't intervene. And, and, and that's, a, you know, a, a, that's a rather pessimistic assumption, because it's difficult to see what, why ECOWAS would go back on his word on basically putting boots on the ground. Um, but let's assume that doesn't happen. There is absolutely there no guarantee. One, that Jamaica can tolerate a swearing-in um, of uh, Mr. Baro as president. So you have two centers of power in one territory. That's the first thing. Secondly, there's absolutely no guarantee that Jammer will not unleash um, some of his few loyal forces that he has to disrupt that. If that happens, there's no guarantee that Baro's that i mean that—that uh, that are uh, supporters will resist that. And so, as a result, what you're going to end up having is the possibility—and a very high possibility—of um, a clash between Jammer's men and Barros' supporters, which also leads again to the same thing: instability moving forward. So, I think after the 19th. Um, if JAMA will not go, the probability of instability, whether it's ECOWAS coming in with boots on the ground or whether it's going to be an internal implosion within because of the high sea tensions that can't be controlled any longer, I think we're going to see any one of those things materialize.
1: Uh, Brian, would a re-election be something that, you know, that's likely to happen now? And would the, the Gambian Bar Association be obliged to actually heed to the call of a re-election at this stage?
4: You know, I don't uh, presume to be an expert on on Gambia's constitution or or legal situation with regard to a re-election, but it really doesn't seem like an option when you've had an unambiguous result uh, of an election. Hmm. At this point, I think uh, what is most important is for the ECOWAS leaders. Uh, The United States would would very much like to see Jame meet with the, the ECOWAS leaders. They have, as you've mentioned a couple times on this program this morning, they have said that all measures uh, are at their disposal to to resolve the ongoing crisis, to to prevent the situation from becoming more dangerous. Mm. And all, all of our credibility is at stake. Their credibility is at stake. All of us who are calling on Jame to respect his obligations to his own people, to his constitution, to turn over power, to president-elect baro uh, to respect Gambia's uh, regional obligations, our our credibility is at stake. And so I think we all have to look toward toward Friday to see a, a, a resolution that um, that will be accepted so that President-elect Baro is inaugurated on January 19th.
1: Peter, the hashtag uh, Gambia has decided movement, which we ch- touched on earlier, who started this? Do we know? Is it uh, the opposition or is it uh, civil society? It's a combination of
6: both, I know that there's been a lot of activists in Senegal who have been at the forefront of promoting um, awareness on the issues in the Gambia and bringing out the facts even on what is happening in the Gambia. And Senegal has always been at the forefront also, of, especially the youth, of activism in the West Africa and even in Africa. Uh, we consider that they also had a very strong movement that also opposed the former president uh, from having his way in, in Senegal. Um, to answer your question at that time about Senegal, like uh, my colleague has said, Senegal is actually um, is actually most going to be the, one of the worst-hit countries. It is going to be a crisis, hmm. and that is where most of the rest, most of people are already fleeing for because I mean the Gambians are the, the living conditions are very abysmal, so it's not the best of times for Gambians to say they can afford that. So most people are passing through the land borders, and Senegal is the first point of call. And so Senegal has a very, very, and I think there's going to be many, many, many intervention, Senegal will play a major role from where such an intervention will take place. Um, so in terms of who started the hashtag, both um, mostly Senegal and mostly Gambians out of the country, but also, yes, they're also linking with also activists in the country. But you have to be very careful because in the Gambia there's a lot of censorship, there's a lot of, of, um, of wariness. The next person next door to you could be a spy. There's a lot of... Um, of fear as well in the land, so most people are very wary of how to communicate. We have not to get up the government has, several times, manipulated the um, survey people's communication. And on well. that, uh,
1: on that censorship, Peter, we know the the radio stations have been. But what about the internet? At, at different times, they have been uh, they have been unconfirmed, uh, but at times when people
6: have said to me that they feel that the networks are slower. Uh, And there's also been times when the government has actually said they will ban like Viber, even WhatsApp. So they've targeted the internet at different times, but Uh lately I need to double check on that. But it's something you mentioned, the actual panelists. Now, what would happen if this intervention... By the okay, the, just briefly, the,
1: because we are running out of time in 20 please, seconds, Peter. I want to get Jagan... Uh, what
6: uh, would will happen will be impunity. What would happen would be impunity. There would mm-hmm. be the arrests, detentions, imprisonment without charge, and disappearance, assassinations, a refugee crisis, media blackout, and these are things that have already been occurring under other what as president. So we can only expect such to be worse. All, All right, right. let's leave, let's it, leave it, it there, so. Peter.
1: Jagan, can you... Ca- uh, do we know where adama Barrow is at the moment jagan is he safe jagan are you um, there
5: no well we know that uh, uh yes i am um we know that he's still in the country um we know okay. that he's been holding meetings regularly um and uh that's that's all we know um i think he's he, he's not in hiding as far as i know certainly although things are unfolding pretty quickly but i, I doubt that that's the case um he's been having meetings he has not made a speech in public um, at least for close to over 10 days now, I believe. Um, his spokesperson has been, has been speaking on his behalf. Okay. Um, and so, you know, he is in the country and he's, he's, he's getting ready to, 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 to be installed as, um, as president.
1: That's right. All right. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. To your closing remarks, Brian, and as, as the United States, what would you be willing to give to Adama in, to, in, in in forms of support?
4: Well, any uh, democratically elected leader of of a country in Africa uh, is is going to uh, expect partnership from us to work uh, to work with that country on the challenges that they face in terms of mm-hmm. governance, economic development, stability. Uh, we do have an embassy, of course, uh, in in Banjul, mm-hmm. and um, someone who is elected on a platform like President Barrow has been uh, can certainly expect uh, our ongoing friendship with the the Gambian people and, and our partnership okay. with this government.
1: All right, let's leave it there. Unfortunately we are out of time, but thank you so much to all of you again, uh, Jegan Gray-Johnson Communications and Advocacy Officer with the Africa Governance, uh, Brian Newbert, who joined us in studio, Director of the United States Department of Regional Media Hub, and Peter Nganga, a member of the Committee to Protect Journalists from West Africa. This is African Dialogue. I'm Asanda Matzaunyane. Let's get a song now by Mango Groove titled Another Country.
7: You Beside me, I'll tell no lies, and then you'll see another country in my eyes. If we could reach beyond the. History still blind.
1: It's gone 11.45 here on African Dialogue. That means time for our economics update with Amanda Machaga.
9: Thank you, Asanda. Good morning. Uganda and Tanzania have awarded a contract for designing a crude oil pipeline running through both East African countries to US based firm Gulf interstate engineering. Early last year, Uganda agreed with Tanzania to jointly develop a three point five billion US dollar pipeline to help ship Uganda's crude to international markets. The pipeline will start in landlocked Uganda's western region where crude reserves were discovered in two thousand and six and terminate at Tanzania's Indian Ocean seaport of Tang. 가 Africa-focused oil producer Kilo Oil says Chief Operating Officer Paul McDade will be its next chief executive, replacing CEO and founder Aidan Heavy, who will become chairman. In a separate trading statement, the oil producer said 2016 full-year revenue is expected to fall 19% year-on-year to 1.3 billion US dollars. This as weak oil prices continue to eat into sales. Kilo says production from its new oil fields in Ghana is expected to average 50,000 barrels per day at this year Cocoa futures lead uh, the most in a month in London after negotiations ended a two-day army mutiny that had paralyzed several cities in Ivory Coast, the world's largest producer. Following an extraordinary cabinet meeting, President Alassane Watara said he had reached an agreement with soldiers who had blocked roads in the central city of Bouaké in Daloa, in one of the biggest cocoa areas and the commercial capital of Abidjan. Protests began last week over demands for higher wages, payment of bonuses and better living conditions. The unrest supported uh, cocoa co prices. It also brought back memories of the 2011 Civil War when uh, futures in London surged more than 20% in the first three months of the year. Global economic growth is expected to rise by 2.7% in 2017, according to a report released by World Bank. Improvements in the commodity market with respect to export and import of oil, gold and agricultural products and growth growth in advanced economies have been cited as reasons for this moderate increase. The report also analyzed how weak investments and policy changes could play a role. World Bank's Economist Mark Stoker
2: 2016, this was a particularly difficult year for the the global economy. Growth reached a post-crisis low of 2.3%, which resulted from from two factors mainly. One is the the continued stagnation of commodity exporters. It was the second year uh, when commodity exporters uh, did not register any meaningful growth. And then you had uh, slowing growth in major advanced economies. So these two factors resulted in what was really a rock bottom for the global economy in the post-crisis period but of course rock bottom is be a good basis for recovery and this is what we are expecting for uh, for this year to some extent so we see a moderate uh, improvement in uh, in global growth to 2.7% which is again the reversal of what we've seen in uh, in 2016
9: and South Africa will host the first UN World Data Forum in Cape Town this month. The event will bring together 1,000 global experts, including data scientists, uh, academics, and civil society groups. Padi Hula from Stets, says, the event will help pave the way for standardizing data. Uh, well, I think uh, the important thing is that um, there are increasingly new sources of data that are useful. And uh, for them to be useful and usable, we actually have to have standards. Data is like currency. And if that currency is not like the rand or the dollar or a national currency or a global currency, then uh, we can end up confused without knowing which data to use for which decision. In no financial indicators. The U.S. dollar is trading at 13.63 to the South African rand, at 10.61 to the Botswana pula, and at 10.93 to the Zambian kwacha. It's at 0.81 to the British pound and at 0.94 to the euro. On to commodities, gold is at 1,190 dollars and platinum at 978 dollars an ounce, and the price of Brent crude oil is at 54.98 dollars 98 a barrel. That's all for now.
1: Thanks, Amanda. 11.50 uh, Central African time. It's time for sports news. Here's Fikile Lingwadi.
8: And our sports update. Guinea-Bissau's players have ended their strike after being paid outstanding wages four days before the start of the Africa Cup of Nations. It clears the way for the team to make their debut appearance, the tournament, which will be held in Gabon from the fourteenth of January to the fifth of February. After the news emerged, thousands lined the streets of the capital Bissau to watch the squad parade. Guinea-Bissau play Group A rivals and host Gabon in Saturday's opener. They will also face Burkina Faso and Cameroon in the group stage, having achieved a fairy tale qualification, one of the biggest shocks in Nations Cup history. In cricket news, Proteas All-Rounder Wayne Parnell says he's looking forward to today's Test playing team announcement with high hopes of making the start team for the third and the final Test against Sri Lanka. After sealing the Test series with a mammoth victory in Cape Town, the Proteas go into the Wanderers Test looking for a whitewash with a conundrum of which bowler to fill Abo's void. Parnell says he's ready to play for his place in the side should he get go.
2: Firstly, we'll have to wait until Thursday to see if I'm if I'm picked. Uh, but if I am picked, obviously, really keen to um, play and you know make a mark. Um, whenever I've you know come into this space, um, I've I've always done what was asked of me. So yeah, just really looking forward to Thursday. And if I'm if I'm picked, um, definitely even
8: 100%. The former South Africa's under-19 star Panel, who hasn't played Test cricket since 2014 February believes that with Abbott's sudden retirement, an opportunity to play for a permanent place in the team has presented itself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think every time that you play for South Africa, that's that's what you got to strive for because you know things change quickly as we've seen, and you know people get injured and then that, that opportunity arises. So for me, I think after being out of the team for uh, twelve months and going back into franchise cricket and not worrying about getting myself back into this into this uh, setup, I think for me it was just about playing cricket, playing good cricket, playing more consistent cricket, and I, I think I uh, managed to do that in my first season with the Cape Cobras, uh, which is really pleasing, and then. Getting called up after the season again was, was obviously a nice reward for that. And even now, when I was selected for the test squad, I didn't think that, you know, I should actually come in and just try and, and make a mark. It was still just about trying to implement those those things that, that I did over the last 12 months. Even going forward now, I think if I can do those things more often than not, I'm going to be really close to playing.
8: In athletics, Kenya is to put 109 athlete, elite athletes under the watch of a team of selected doctors in a bid to stop doping, a practice that has tarnished the image of its famed sportsmen and women. Athletics Kenya Chief Jackson tuway says that in conjunction with the International Association of Athletics Federation, the IAAF, five trusted doctors had been selected to work in with the country's top athletes. This is an effort to limit bad medical practices by some Kenyan doctors who have been accused of supplying athletes with performance-enhancing drugs. Kenya was placed on the IWAF doping watch list in 2016 after being ruled non-compliant by the World Anti-Doping Agency, WADA, following a string of drug scandals. And finally, with motor Racing, Spain's Joan Barreda won his second Dakar Rally 2017 stage in the Moto category as more wet weather played havoc with the grueling race. The Honda Rider thundered across the 417-kilometer 8th stage from Uyuni in Bolivia to Salta in Argentina in 4 hours, 28 minutes, and 21 seconds ahead of KTM Duo of Matthias Wagner of Austria, 3 minutes, 51 seconds behind, and Britain's Sam Sunderland, who was 3 seconds behind his teammate, to retain the overall lead by 20 minutes. That's a spot news this hour.
1: Thank you, Fikile, for the uh, sports update, and that's how we wrap up African Dialogue. Remember, we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You're also welcome to interact with us via Twitter at channel africa one Uh, You can find us on Facebook or SMS your views to plus 27796957930. You can also email info at channelafrica.org. From me, Asanda Matzaunyane, and the team, it's been a pleasure. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.